Welcome to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I am so glad you could be here. My name is Sarah, and my desire is to help you learn to sit still in a noisy world because it is in those still moments that we have the chance to know God. Silence is something we tend to run from because it is a place of confrontation where we can hear our thoughts and see ourselves for who we truly are. This is why we try to drown out the silence with noise, any kind of noise from music to crowds to a packed schedule. We avoid the silence, but that is exactly where God wants to meet us. This is the reason behind this podcast, as well as my website, sitstillmydaughter.com. I want to encourage you to step away from the noise and the distractions and enter into his presence, the one who formed you with purpose. I promise that the more you get to know him, really know him, the more you will return his love and walk in confidence of who he has made you to be, his image bigger to the world. So I invite you to join me on this journey of learning to sit still. If you have a question or prayer request, you can submit them via my website. I would love to pray for you and help in any way I can. There are also free Bible reading plans available to download, and be sure to check out my social media accounts where I share short devotionals to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. All of those links are located in the show notes, so be sure to check them out after the episode. Also, if you haven't already, would you tap that subscribe button so you never miss an episode? You can also leave a review, which helps others find this podcast. Now, are you ready for the answer to the Bible trivia question I asked you last week? As Elijah prayed under a juniper tree, what did he pray for? The answer is to die and found in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4. Our question for next week is... Who saw a vision in which an horror of great darkness fell upon him? Who saw a vision in which an horror of great darkness fell upon him? And remember, I will have the answer for you on the next episode. Have you ever made a financial investment? Perhaps you set up an appointment to speak with someone who could help map out a retirement plan or assist you in selecting the right investment portfolio that will yield a good return later down the road. Those are good things to prepare for your future and give you a goal to work toward, maybe even provide you with a little security for when you enter your golden years. While it is a good thing to prepare for the future, have you ever thought about preparing for eternity? And I'm not referring to your soul's eternal destination, though that is the greatest decision you will ever make. I want to go a step further today and talk about investing your greatest asset, your life. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you will have heard me say that our life is meant to make a difference. It is not given to us to just use as we please, but for much more. Have you ever stopped to consider that we only have this limited time on earth to prepare for eternity? Let that sink in for a moment. For those of us who are saved, we can look forward to spending an eternity in heaven with the one who loves us with an everlasting love, but our time of preparation is now. We are not even assured of how long we have on earth, which is why each day is precious. We must see our todays as sowing for tomorrow. I want to read verses 7 through 10 of Galatians chapter 6. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. 
but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are of the household of faith. I know that these verses are familiar to many of you and have been used for several topics, including the principle of sowing and reaping, continuing to do good no matter what, and that God can never be mocked, even by those who think they have outsmarted him. But I want to consider something a little different, something that I thought about when I made my way through the book of Galatians last year. Your life is an investment, the greatest one you will ever make. Think about the verses on sowing and reaping. In many ways, a farmer is making an investment when he chooses to plant seeds. He knows that if he wants a crop that will yield an income for his tomorrow, he has to plant the seeds today. The farmer is someone who sees beyond today. He has laid out a plan that will guide him there. We must be like the farmer and realize that our days make up our life. They are a collection of our investment of time. Each day, our time bank receives a new deposit of minutes, but the choice of how they are spent is up to us. My friends, I want to challenge us to really think about what we invest our time in. I know that I am as guilty as anyone of squandering time. Now, I don't mean we never have downtime and game nights or never do anything fun, but we must have an eternal mentality. Our whole life is an investment, but the return is up to us. We will give an account one day of just how we use the time God gave us. There is also a hint that what we invest in will make itself known over time. Just as the farmer's crops reveal what seeds he planted, our investments will become evident. If we have invested in ourselves, people will see someone who is selfish. If we have invested in gaining the most in this world, People will see our collection of stuff. What we choose to invest in will also reveal where our focus is and what has our heart. As it says in Matthew 6, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Besides our salvation, one of God's greatest gifts to us is our life. Think about that for a moment. We have been given a life, though we may not know how long it is. Our life is ours to do with as we please. History has shown us the power one life can have on the world. Billy Graham gave his life to God and impacted the world, preaching the gospel to millions of people. Mr. Graham's life was invested well in that sense. Sometimes we may not even know just how much an investment our life will yield. Like the story of Savea Flood, she and her husband David felt God had called them to serve as missionaries to the Belgian Congo. This Swedish couple wanted to reach the natives, but they did not let them even come into their villages, so they had to set up a camp about a half mile away. Their only contact with this village was a little boy who was permitted to sell them chickens and eggs twice a week. But Savea was determined that if this was the one she could witness to, she would do it, and her perseverance was rewarded when he opened his heart to Jesus. But this would be Savea's only convert. Like many of the missionaries to Africa, she contracted malaria. During this time, she was also pregnant and gave birth to a daughter, but sadly, she would die 17 days later at the age of 27. Her husband snapped. He left their child with another missionary couple and returned to Sweden and forsook God completely. 
Now, I encourage you to read the whole story. It's amazing. But unbeknownst to anyone, that one little boy gradually won many, many people to Christ, including the chief of the village. And when the story was told later, at that point, there were over 600 believers in that village, all because Savea invested her life in that little boy. That is the power of investments. It yields more than what was initially given. Just like a seed produces more when planted, our life can yield more if we invest it in the things that matter. But there's also a flip side to this. We can lose much when we choose not to invest. Savea's husband, David, walked away from God for more than four decades and spent the majority of his life living in bitterness and anger. Though he did come back to the Lord, those years could never be recovered. But I will say that our God's desire to use us never wanes. And even though we may only have a few years left, we can still invest them until the day he calls us home. My friends, we must never stop investing our life and our greatest investment will always be others. Go back to those verses in Galatians. Be not weary in well-doing. Why? Because you will reap. The term well-doing carries the idea of doing good, of doing noble deeds, to complete them or to continue in them. Paul is telling us that we must not be weary, exhausted in doing good deeds, but must continue to complete them. That is how we invest our life in the things that matter. He tells us that as we have opportunity or occasion, as the word means, to do good, things that are excellent, useful, honorable, pleasant, and who are we supposed to be doing it to? Everyone. But especially, or moreover, to those of the household of faith, we should be looking for ways we can help, assist, bless, or be useful to others. This is investing your life. This is making the investment of a lifetime. I want to invest my life, to make it count, and to bring glory to the name of my Jesus. I want the evidence of my investments to be seen by the world and bring an eternal return. I only have one life one window of opportunity to invest for eternity. Can I challenge all of us to remember this truth and to take it to heart? Our life is the seed which we have been given to sow during our time on earth. And I pray that we plant it deep as God directs us. And when we get to heaven, we will be able to see the amazing harvest it yielded. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Don't forget to spend time in the quiet place, the place where you can know God, the one who loves you with an everlasting love.